We return to Cars.com on this week's Behind the Idea, covering the company with Cliff Banks, an analyst and reporter in the auto retail space over the past two decades, as well as a commenter on Seeking Alpha. Since Cars is a web company, it is levered to the giants, Google and Facebook. But Cliff points out that the company brings value to those companies as well. And Google, you know, is looking for companies that can provide traffic that performs, that converts. So, you know, for Google, it's in their best interest to find the right company to work work with within the space. We also discussed the inevitability of consolidation in this sector, and he calls out a reason for bullishness for cars investors. You know, Tumble Bravo just picked up a company called Autodesk Solutions. They own the listing service in Canada. This Auto Data Solutions, you know, I, I would be shocked if that was Tomo Bravo's only play in the automotive space here in the U.S. We covered the company four weeks ago from the perspective of value play or value trap, and we leaned more towards the latter. But thanks to good comments from our readers, including Cliff, we've had an opportunity to look closer. So is there still value under the hood? We discuss on this week's Behind the Idea. Welcome to Behind the Idea. I'm Mike Taylor. And I'm Daniel Schwartzman. Today, we are reviewing Cars.com again. I didn't write that sentence, Daniel did. It's redundant, Daniel. Today we're reviewing cars.com again. (laughs) It's good to throw your co-hosts under the bus in the introduction. We're reviewing cars.com, ticker symbol C-A-R-S. We covered the company in early June based on a Seeking Alpha short idea by Books Research. And we looked into whether the company was a potential value trap. The stock is pretty much in the same place a month later. Some M&A buzz and the presence of activist, I would say even controversial activist starboard value has added some wrinkles to the discussion. And one of the commenters on our podcast who chimed in was CBanks40, aka Cliff Banks, who runs the Banks Report, an online report dedicated to the auto retail industry. So clearly... He had some good points to make about cars.com, and we are very excited to dig into the story with him today. Before we begin, Behind the Idea is the podcast that looks at what makes great investment analysis work based on ideas from the Seeking Alpha ecosystem. Neither Daniel, Cliff, nor I, Mike Taylor, have any positions in any stocks we expect to discuss. And as ever, nothing on this podcast should be taken as investment advice of any sort. And one final note before we get into it. People have been wondering where I was. I was on vacation. So you will continue to hear my voice. I have not been fired from the podcast Uh, much as Daniel might like to do that. Um, (laughs) Never, never. Great. It's good to to have you back, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, with all that housekeeping out of the way, uh, welcome Cliff Banks to Behind the Idea. 
Thanks, guys. Great to be here with you. Great, great. So let's just dive right into it, Cliff. I think one of the main questions that came up in our initial discussion was the media the media ecosystem for sales leads and reaching an audience who's interested in making an auto purchase. Uh, it's confusing who's a competitor, who's a partner, and how all these players fit together in the industry. So cars.com has a specific role in reaching potential customers for car dealers. What are the relationships between Carvana, CarMax, AutoNation, and Cars.com from your point of view? Okay, so when, when you look at that e- ecosystem, uh, and to refer, uh, address specifically the companies that, that you mentioned, Carvana, AutoNation, CarMax, those three would be customers of Cars.com. So they would pay Cars.com money to list their inventory, and however their contract is, whether it's a subscription-based per lead or monthly or what have you, they pay cars.com to, uh, to list their inventory on the cars.com site. Uh, now, there may be other things attached to that revenue also or uh, to those relationships, such as advertising on cars.com, uh, participating in their social marketing program, that engages with Facebook. Uh, so cars has a number of uh, opportunities for car dealers, but Carvana and CarMax and AutoNation are car dealers. Uh, you know, Carvana has generated a lot of buzz lately, mainly because it's an, it's an online. And it, it sells cars online. It's nothing more than a used car dealer with a quote unquote national presence. And they've been expanding that presence significantly. You know, expanding their markets, but they're not, they, they're simply a car dealer. So they employ companies like cars.com uh, and in CarMax, which has been around for years, uh, same thing. I mean, they, uh, they're a car dealer, a used car dealer, but nevertheless still a car dealer. And AutoNation is a new car franchise dealer, the largest in the, uh, country. And, uh, they also would, uh, would uh, use Cars.com under so that's that would be the relationship between those. Now on the competitive side, uh, Cars.com competes with as well know CarGurus, which is another publicly traded company who's come on strong in the last couple of years, and also AutoTrader, which is owned by Cox Automotive, of the, the Cox Media family, and uh, companies such as TrueCar, which uh, is a publicly traded company. Um, we can talk about them a little bit later. Uh, Edmunds is another one that would compete with cars.com on the uh, on that traffic or leads part of the business. Okay, so just to put a kind of point on it with the dealerships, what does cars.com do that the dealers can't or don't do for themselves? Uh, yeah, you might get different answers here from different people, uh, but Cars.com has a national presence, and they spend a lot of money on national and even local advertising, and provide a uh, a platform for dealers to list their inventory, so customers can can search for their for vehicles. Now, it's always it's been since the advent of the third party classifieds or listings online 
lead generators, as we sometimes call them in the industry. It's been sort of a love-hate relationship between the dealers and companies like Cars.com because, you know, I think they would view Cars or Autotrader or even Car Gurus as maybe a necessary evil. We've heard them described as that. Uh, it's acting as a middleman between the customer and the dealership. But the fact is, as a customer, you know, when you're shopping for a vehicle, cars.com, you know, they can provide a service that a dealer can't provide, such as I'm able to plug in every kind of filter imaginable and the geographic area in which I want to search for a vehicle. And I will find, see pretty much a vehicle that's for sale at a dealership or even private listings within that geographic area based upon the my search criteria. You know, a dealer, if I'm looking at a dealership website, I'm only looking at the inventory that's on the dealership's website. So uh, to me as a customer, the first place I'm going to go if I'm searching for a vehicle is one of the, you know, autotradercars.com, car gurus, one of those, if not all of them. Uh, and I think we see that in the traffic numbers also. The problem, the challenge for dealers is what they're paying at cars that are to list that inventory advertising for prime placements is, you know, what, what's that return on investment and does it justify the price that they're paying the, these companies? Um, and for a while, Archer and Cars really only came in town, so they were able to adjust the pricing uh, based on that. But, you know, as car groups has come in and has placed more pressure, I think on uh, provided a, a another outlet for those dealers to use, um, I, you know, I think we've seen some adjustment in pricing. Although with cars, Recently, we've seen the per dealership cost or price or revenue uh, per dealership revenue go up and continue to climb, even as some of their dealership numbers have declined over the last several quarters. I think that's starting to change now, but but uh, it, it it's a uh, you know when, when, I guess as a dealer you're having to determine whether what you're paying cars and auto trader. Are uh, you know justifies what you think your return on investment? And a lot of dealers say, "Look, I'm not getting the traffic I thought I was going to get, or it's not turning into sales." So, cars and auto trade. I mean, these companies have spent a lot of money trying to prove their value, trying to prove their attribution. What we call in the industry the attribution model. Sometimes it's not always clear. Um, you know, I recently bought a vehicle last year and ended up buying a new vehicle. I w- was on the Cars.com website. The dealer never knew until after I completed the transaction that I had actually found them through cars.com or found the vehicle. So sometimes that traffic or that return on investment isn't always apparent to the dealer. So cars, and I mean, there's been this battle of sorts in the industry on uh, attribution. Um, but they, you know, I, uh, to me as a customer, I think it's incredibly valuable. You know, I see where the dealer would be a little less enthusiastic. What does Cliff? What does the what is the dynamic then there? You're kind of hinting at it, but where is the leverage in that dealer versus Cars.com relationship? I, I would guess it sounds like Cars aggregates demand and makes it easy your life easy, and then they can they can tell the dealer we're bringing you all this demand, and so we get to that gives us some leverage in terms of terms and. Part of what I wonder is, 
you talk about Carvana, for example, earlier as a national presence. And to me that, right. In theory, that's the other side. If they, and you talked even more revenue per dealership, but fewer dealerships is that sort of, it's reminds me of the healthcare industry a little bit, but is that where it's just going to be dealers get gross up a little bit more and then try to fight back for some more leverage against an auto trader or cars.com or is that, is that sort of the dynamic there? Yeah. I mean, it's been a dynamic for years, actually. I mean, it's, it's not a new phenomena, but, but again, I, I think as technology has improved, um, so we've seen cars.com and we know this from, because it's a publicly traded company. So we have a little bit more of a window there and say, you know, to it than, uh, than even a, uh, what we would have an auto trader. But, you know, cars.com has started working with and has worked pretty effectively with companies like Facebook on, uh, and, and has created some intriguing products and solutions through their relationship with Facebook. Uh, they've worked pretty closely with Google and we've seen that this past year, um, regarding, uh, traffic and SEO related, uh, uh, efforts. Uh, they, um, so, uh, and in cars also, I mean, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more in depth about the dealer and spare acquisition last year, but that provides another layer or another avenue that uh, cars has to work and be more valuable for car dealers. And, you know, as you start to integrate all of the back end and, and all of the, the, the traffic, you know, that goes to the dealer inspire websites that dealers employ, with a deal with uh, cars.com's platform. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, the, uh, I think that that's a good thing for cars.com in terms of their sales pitch to the dealers. Uh, and, and I think too, we're starting to see some of that dynamic. I mean, car, cars was getting hammered there for a while, but I think we're seeing some of that change. We're seeing it anecdotally. And I think even in the numbers, we're going to start seeing that terms of dealership numbers i think the decline is going to stop if not already um and may start moving more towards a net positive per month gain um, i would be surprised if we don't see that happen cliff could you there was a lot to unpack in that response yeah oh yeah so, yeah sure sure so let's let's get a, I, I want to start by getting a little bit more specific about the relationship between uh google facebook and cars.com so you mentioned some interesting projects that they're working Do, can you elaborate on that at all well yeah, the, the facebook relationship you know they're, they're able to to do leads right through facebook messenger so there's a chat component um, a component to that i think you can play it through dealers which had already working on that with facebook but uh cars is also able to place inventory dealership inventory right on facebook in within the marketplace ad so there's uh and, and based upon the ai and data they're able to target pretty well um you know customers who are looking for specific vehicles i uh you know i think we're going to I'm not sure how much the company has talked about it. I think there's been a couple of articles and a couple of the marketing related magazines, but they are issues, uh, but they haven't really talked about it publicly that much. So I'm not, I don't know if that indicates that it hasn't gone as well as they've wanted it to, or I know for a while, their first quarter, I think first quarter, it was a pretty fast segment for them, but, um, and you know, and there's nothing that precludes, I think the competitors from doing the same thing, but, 
cars does seem to have a uh, particular relationship with Facebook that's pretty strong um, based on my conversations with both Facebook and cars.com internal people. Now, the Google relationship's a little bit, that's where you get really wonky on the search technology and algorithms that, that Google puts out or, or changes every so often. Uh, apparently, there was an algorithm change and depending on who you talk to. And that happened, I think, in March, depending on who you talk to, the impact is negligible or was pretty severe on some companies in the space. But yet, cars seem to weather that pretty well. But uh, I don't know if that's a long-term dynamic. It's probably more short-term. But the fact is, I mean, cars, and I think also with the acquisition of dealer Inspire, they've been able to manage that pretty pretty well, that relationship with Google very well. And Google, you know, is looking for companies that can provide traffic that performs, that converts. So, you know, for Google, it's in their best interest to find the right company to work work with within the space because, you know, dealers are pretty particular. If they can say, look, I'm spending this much money in, you know, with this agency search engine, you know, on search related initiatives, but I'm not getting the traffic or it's not good traffic, then, uh, you know, that makes Google look bad and, and so they've been, you say been dealing, you know, that's something that Google's actually been working very hard at, too. And so uh, it's, um, you know, it, and it's not something to justify their spend that they're getting from dealers on the Google stuff. And they're, you know, they're managing that spend from dealers. So uh, so they need to justify that. So they need to stay on top of, you know, what those algorithm changes are and how they impact all of the search patterns. and and uh, Traffic as they come to you know, dealership websites or through the you know the cars or auto trader car guru websites, um, but it did seem like at least earlier this year, cars, you know, managed to navigate this algorithm change pretty well, much better than some of the other companies have done. And like I said, you have to really, yeah, you know, don't don't ask me to explain all of the Are algorithm sure? <laughs> technology. That's that's like black magic to me. Man, that's black magic to me. I don't know. <laughs> All I know is I yeah. type and say, you know, something Google's pretty good at knowing what I'm yeah. looking Yeah, well, that's for, good. So. I, I like that point because there's a lot of news around right now about how Google and Facebook have a lot of content that's maybe not serving the user's best interests. We don't need to get into the type of content that might be, but it's on YouTube or on Facebook. And even in my own just personal use of Google, I've found it to be a little bit harder to find useful information on some levels. And so I think it's, this is an interesting point that, that Google is partnering with purveyors of higher quality or more useful or more transaction oriented content to give a better search experience. I think we have a lot of information coming at us that suggests that that's not in these companies' best interest, but you've made the point very effectively, I think, that it is in their interest. Oh, yeah, I think it it very much is. And, uh, uh, yeah, but it's a constantly moving target. I mean, I I think what's true today won't be true tomorrow um, in terms of the algorithms or... and the, and even the technology. So, uh, and, and to be uh, to be fair too, I, I would have to say, a company like Google and Facebook would be co uh, 
I mean, they're, they're partners, but they're also competitors to some extent with, you know, to the cars.coms and car gurus and auto traders of the world because, you know, they are competing in a way for that money from the dealer. So, you know, as Facebook has become much more effective, I think, in advertising for the dealer, uh, you know, more of that money is going to go towards Facebook initiatives. So, you know, as cars.com has been able to insert themselves or been able to leverage some of that relationship to make sure they're getting some of that money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, and providing maybe an effective channel from which to, to, to move that data through. And I think what's also what, what's been, uh, what's in cars.com's favor there. And even on the Google side, what's in cars.com's favor is the, just the scrutiny on the data practices and the data that companies like Facebook and Google have, and they're very limited, especially I, mean, I think with the California data law, you know, there's been some restraints put on them as to how they can manage that data. So now if they can, and I think you know, use the term first party audience data. Well, I think that's part of cars.com's pitch is that we have all of this data and, you know, and, so Facebook needs to use our data, needs to rely on our data now, as opposed to, you know, not having to rely on our data. So I think there's a, there's a stronger argument for, you know, a, a third-party listing site such as cars.com or Auditrader or, you know, CarGurus. So um, it, it is kind of an, it, it, it is an interesting dynamic that is, I think, constantly evolving. And, uh, you know, it's, it's both competitor and co-op, you know, co-opition maybe is the way to put it. So, yeah. Okay. Real quick on that, the regulatory differences, what, how does, how does cars have an advantage over Google? This is surprising to me. How does cars, how does cars have an advantage over Facebook and Google with respect to regulation? You mentioned that California law. Could you talk a little more about that? Well, it's, uh, we don't know yet fully the impact of what that California law is going to have overall. And I think that's going to probably spread nationally over time. And again, this is, this is, it, it's, it's hard to make a projection, but just because it's, it's changing. Um, we don't, I think this is going to be a long, long battle or long conversation. However, you know, Facebook has a lot of data, uh, but I think there's, restraints on how they can use that data but if they you know if they can use in a third party company that has data that they don't have access to but they're able to let when i say access i mean they 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 don't see who it is but they're able to leverage that data to create better targeting for customers and they're using data that's not their own um it's I think they're, you know, it makes it a little bit better for Facebook and Google. Uh, and there are people far more well versed in this than I am, but I'm, t- I'm talking for a very high level view here. Uh, you know, I know there's been a lot of impact on so the, you know, the agency business just because of the data uh, conversation. And certainly, we know Facebook and Google has come under significant scrutiny over the last several months regarding their their use of data. Um, so, Cliff, Cliff, so it's sort of 
I think this is because you had mentioned it within these lines, but could you talk a little bit about Dealer Inspire? Because I think we sort of touched on it briefly last time, and then it came up a little bit in the comments, and you had mentioned, for example, CDK Global and their sort of association with, or their commercial relationship with GM and how that was going to be an opportunity. I guess just, it seems, sounds like this is a piece of this puzzle here. And so maybe, or, or maybe I'm misunderstanding, but could you just clarify like what's going on with dealer inspire? Why is that important to the car's story and how should, how do, how should people think about it? Okay. So from a high level view, first of all, dealer inspire is a website provides websites to dealerships. Now, along with that, you provide marketing um, services, digital marketing services, also. So, I think they would prefer to call themselves a platform, which they, they are. I mean, I, you know, for dealers. But uh, so, Cars has been working to integrate the Dealer Inspire and Cars.com platform. They uh, um, part of the layoffs at Cars.com instituted uh, over the winter between December and January was actually you know, a large portion of those layoffs came from the technology side in which they had that was an ongoing process they, they were working to uh to integrate the platforms or basically build out one complete platform uh for the two companies now you mentioned cdk uh global cdk is uh, is a 2.4 billion dollar company or so they provide dealer management systems to dealerships. They are the leader in that space. They, uh, the other company that they compete heavily with is Reynolds and Reynolds, uh, out of Ohio and Texas. Uh, they, between the two, they control between 70, 75% of that DMS dealer management system market. Now, CDK also has their digital advertising, like CDK Digital. And they just announced in the last couple of weeks that they are going to spin that off. It's a much smaller piece of the business, probably by the end. Of the, you know, and then CDK operates on a fiscal year, July to July or June to June. So uh, we'll see what their year-end numbers look like uh, in the next couple of weeks when they do their earnings. But they are going to spin it off. And the reason they're spinning it off is because that business has been declining significantly for CDK. It's been a drag on their earnings. And they've not been able to uh, to change that over the last several quarters. So this was not a surprise. I mean, I, I think for dealer, you talk to dealers and people in the industry, it probably was a surprise when you talk to analysts or investors. Probably not a surprise at all. I mean, I think so. several that I've talked to, we saw this coming even as early as last year. So Dealer Inspire competes with CDK Digital. CDK Digital also provides websites and digital advertising services for dealers. The main customer, GM's, our CDK's main customer is General Motors on the dealership websites. GM informed its dealers in January that they were going to open that up, the website business up to other vendors. We were thinking it was going to be third quarter, beginning of fourth quarter this year. I'm getting worried. I haven't confirmed this yet, but I've gotten worried that they have pushed that back to next year, um, first quarter of next year. So, uh, you know, we were thinking maybe Dealer Inspire and some of these other website companies would have, you know, some access right earlier. You know, this year, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, 
rumors are Dealer Inspire is on that list, will be on that list of approved vendors for GM. But GM is saying publicly they've not made any decision whatsoever regarding uh, any new vendors that might be part of the, their website program and digital advertising program. So that's just, that, that's going to be something that you know we're still months away from knowing. However, if it does progress the way we expect, and I would fully expect Deal Inspire to be on that list, you know they would have. Uh, you know, pretty good access. Um, there's, uh, I think, some internal numbers or some numbers that I've heard. It, you know, I don't know if it was internal. It might have been an analyst or a number. But uh, they, they estimated Dealer Inspire could, uh, could double its revenue if they were able to gain 25% of the GM dealers that would be on the market. They just got 25% of you know, They would double their revenue. Yeah, listen, I... I Dealer Inspire, from a revenue perspective, is not that big of a chunk for Cars.com. I mean, it's it's a significant, but it's not huge. So, you know, I don't want to overstate that, but I think you know, moving forward, Dealer Inspire could be a much much bigger or an important part to that Cars.com conversation with the dealer. Um, so, uh, now that, I'll tell you this this relationship. Are this this ecosystem on the website world and advertising digital advertising world? It's it's changing, um, and uh, uh, I think we may see some new players. I think we we'll, you know we have to see what cars or what Auto Trader or excuse me Cox Automotive decides to do with Dealer.com, which is the other big player in the space. Um, you know they they have they've had their challenges too. Um, over the last couple of years, uh, but um, but I, I listen. The dealer inspire relationship put, puts cars.com in a much stronger position, I believe, both in the market and I think even from a, an investment perspective. But again, I'll just reiterate what you said at the beginning. Yeah, you know, don't take anything we say for investment advice, please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, so, Cliff, uh, the. One question that's kind of on a different track, but we want to make sure we hit is starboard value and the activist case with cars.com. It seemed like the commenters on our first podcast were really many were not fans of starboard or felt as though that was a hindrance to the long-term investment case. And I usually think of activism as being a more of a positive for shareholders so I'm wondering what your thoughts are on starboard value and how you sort of interpret the events around that. Um, yeah, they've, uh, you know, starboard has a reputation for being very aggressive um, and almost ruthless, I guess, to use maybe it's too strong or bad when it comes to their interaction with companies that, they, that they're invested in. But they do have a, also, you know, I think it's a good track record of shareholder value. I, They've been very quiet uh, since their letter that they sent in December to the Cars.com board telling them to uh, write the ship or uh, we're going to make changes. Um, I think part of their, uh, I you know, I think there's probably a couple ways of looking at the relationship right now. Um, Starboard is remaining quiet because they are convinced that a deal is in play and that there will be a deal made for Cars.com. This year, 
um, and that you know, they can be seen as a positive. If you, you know, if you tend to, to look at things on the negative side, you can say, you know, Starboard is in a tough spot, got themselves in a tough spot now because if they if they make changes, it's going to probably drive you know drive the stock price down for a while, and they're going to be stuck with a company for a little while longer than what they had hoped to be. Um, I, you know, I I don't know where where the truth is between those two scenarios. Um, it, it, nobody on a management team or board, if you're running a company, wants to see an activist investor get involved. No one does. I mean, it's it creates a lot of havoc. I think the perspective of activist investors tend to be short term, not long term. Um, but it's you know it's hard to argue there against their effectiveness in the short term for shareholder value. Now we haven't seen it yet with Cars.com. I mean, you know that price seems to be, and and that's the thing that's been so perplexing with Cars.com over the last several months is just why that stock price is so depressed because. You know, we we think there's a you know minimum to me thirty dollars a share right now. Just but and that would be a minimum call. You know, I think there's been some strong short interest or short you know shorts action on uh, Cars.com. I think also the lack of news that's come out of the company regarding any kind of a process or a sales process has created a perception in the market that there's not something going on. I I will say this. I I know of a couple of the conversations that have gone on, and they've been pretty substantial with cars.com. Um, and the board or you know the management team is consistent in its proclamation in its you know with its public statements and it has been from the beginning in January that look there's there's a process it, we're discussing with multiple players and we have no timeline. Uh, so, and you know, in reality, you know, they, they made that announcement in January and probably at the direction of starboard. I don't know that they would have made an announcement or even looked to put the company up for sale if it hadn't been for starboard's uh, involvement. Um, and, yeah, so you were, the process really didn't start till mid to late January, and we're in July. You know, there's a perception that it's been a long time, a long process. I don't, I don't know that. I wouldn't say that it's been that long. I mean, I, it, not unusually so. Um, so, but I do think that there's you know the lack of news and some of the news that we've seen. Carvana being a buyer, CDK Global, January was rumored to be a buyer in January. I mean, that was there was no truth to that. And the Carvana one just makes absolutely no sense uh, because of the nature of the relationship. I mean, they're a customer of Cars.com's. The minute uh, you have Carvana were, were to buy Cars.com, every dealership in the world using Cars.com would cancel their contract with Cars. So, because they see they they would see Carvana as being the competitor. So, um. I, it's, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it is, it is, like I said, it, it, it is a little bit uh, puzzling as to why that stock price is down. Cause I don't, I don't think that the, I haven't seen the board or the management team do anything egregious to make it 
to make it so. But I think there's some some shorts. I think there's some people that have, you know, and in fact, also probably Starboard was talking about the management team early on negatively, and that may have helped create a perception in the market, and uh, and maybe they were a little too aggressive early on um, as part of their pitch. Cliff, so just and it was it is interesting with that answer, and you kind of get into there because it sounded even from your early comments like you felt more positive about the company. But I guess just what what is the sort of bull case in your view? Like, what is this a growing sort of steady grower? Is this is is there going to be some transformation as you know dealer inspire enables them to get more dealers going and sort of increase liquidity that way? Or like, what is your case you said 30 is you know which 30 would be more or less 50 percent upside yeah. what's your case there i'm just just to kind of yeah. put a point on it well I, um, I think they have a lot of opportunity on the just on the website part of the business uh maybe it's a little longer term than what we had originally thought but uh but dealer inspires well thought of has a great reputation in the industry um uh, the other, the other bull case is, I think, part of the the positive side is, you know, Car still has an affiliate, pretty hefty affiliate contract with Gannett. Uh, there's a couple of other smaller players also, but it's not many. Um, and that affiliate contract is just, you know, a, basically a holdover from the spin out from Tegna, and even prior to that, it really goes back to their days of Classified Ventures when they were run by five different media properties um so that's that's kind of been in play from the beginning uh the Gannett relationship is supposed to end in 2021 uh i would imagine that cars has been negotiating with Gannett to uh pretty pretty aggressively to find a way to move that up and that relationship maybe as early as next year um you know over the next several months um and that would represent, uh, you know, a bump in cash for cars.com. Um, probably, you know, a nice bump in cash, uh, cash flow. Uh, I, I think the other bull cases, I, when I look at the market, and I, you know, let's just talk about the, the M&A part here. Um, I, I think at the moment we're kind of in a buyer's market in the, automotive retail space there's at least six companies including cars.com six companies that i know of that are in various stages of the sales process they each have bankers and they're either taking bids or close to negotiate or close to crossing the finish line so you know and there could be as many as eight significant you know in the in the automotive retail space from the vendor side, you know, all deals probably ranging from, you know, 250 million to over a billion dollars. Um, maybe at 250 million is probably even small. It's probably more. So or even, you know, if you're looking at cars or someone else, I mean, you, you know, that could exceed $2 billion to two and a half billion dollars. So I, what we've hit right now is a seller's is a buyer's market. One, you know, some of the, I think some of the trade talk, you know, coming out of Washington D.C., you know, with the tariffs, potential tariffs, uh, 
combined with sales numbers plateauing or declining on the new car side, uh, you know that that's created a I think a little bit of a um, you know maybe a, a pause in the action. Last year there were eighty one deals, investments and acquisitions in the automotive retail space. This year we're I think pushing twenty six maybe right now. Um, my last, I think that was my last check. I've got a report coming out next week on this, but uh, so, so we kind of have hit a trough. So that may be one reason why you know, cars hasn't completed something yet. Um, the the other the other thing is with these players. I mean, JD Power. Talk about the ones publicly they have announced. JD Power, CDK Global. Um, there may be, uh, you know, there may be some bigger conversations going on in terms of roll-up strategies on the part of some of these big, bigger private equity firms that have exhibited an interest in this space. So I think there's there's a lot of interesting conversations to be had um, or that could be going on right now uh, between some of the bigger players in, in terms of putting some of these plays together. You know, Tomo Bravo just picked up a company called Autodesk Solutions. They own the listing service in Canada, this auto data solutions, I, you know, I, I would be shocked if that was Tomo Bravo's only play in the automotive space here in the U.S. I mean, there's, you know, there, there would be a strong case to be made to, to adding cars.com to that mix or JD Power. Um, you know, there, there's, I'm just saying that there's a lot of intriguing possibilities right now. And, you know, listen, I mean, Gannett's, you know, rumored or right now it seems to be talking with uh, was it Gatehouse Media? You know, I think they those two were to get together, and I, you know, I think Cars. dot com would be a very attractive property for them, very attractive. So I think there's players that uh, out there that uh, maybe the timing isn't just right. Maybe some other things have to happen, but uh, but I'm to me when I look at the when I look at the at the just the the arena out there, I think there's there are several strong cases to be made for Cars.com to be part of or to be partnered with some of these companies. I think there's there's a lot of a uh, lot of value that could be driven um, there for a shareholder and and even for customers um, dealers. So I, I think it's right now we're just it's. The market's in a weird place right now, and I think that's, you know, maybe if it was last year or even the year before, I think cars.com, you know, deal would have been done immediately. But now, with the number of players out there looking to buy and looking to sell, combined with all of the, the somewhat negativity surrounding the space at the moment, um, which is some of it's unfounded, in my opinion. Car, yeah, because, and I think, you know, we, we had talked before, we mentioned some of the cyclical nature of this when we talked offline, guys, but cars.com is not just a new car player. And the problem is when we look at the automotive space too often, we we look at new car sales numbers and, you know, if they decline by half a million or, oh my gosh, the market's tanking. Well, you have this whole other world of used cars and we're looking at probably record might might be record selling year for used cars, uh, and Cars.com is a big player in that space. So I don't think uh, 
I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't think a downturn in new car sales hurts cars.com at all. Um, and in fact, may even, uh, may even help them on the new car side because dealers are looking, you know, have to be much, much more discerning in where they put their advertising money. And I think cars, you know, could make a pretty strong case to its dealers that, Hey, we, we've got the more effective platform here. Um, so I, I don't know if that answers your question, but I'm, I, I, I just, am, I do think that the stock price is too low based upon what I know about this market and what's going on under the radar. Um, so, uh, and, and the other thing is too, I think even from an agency side, we talked about Google being, I think becoming probably evaluating his partnership much more closely. Uh, yeah, I think there's some opportunity f there for uh, cars also, because I, I think some of these agencies are going to have a hard time competing um, long-term over the next couple of years. And there's going to be a big shakeout in that, uh, on the ad agency part. Um, and I think the bigger players are going to have, uh, have a much stronger, are going to be in a much stronger position to capture share and to, and to expand their business. And I think cars is part of that. But, you know, certainly with their relationship with dealer inspire. Okay. That's that. Okay. So that's, yeah, that's a really full case for the, in terms of both their, the different contractual relationships and just, yeah, it seems like they have, and that may be a reflection of, investor impatience when you are looking at a story and don't see anything happen and uh you know they had a quarter or two where the revenue wasn't revenue growth wasn't really there and um you get impatient and so it's interesting to hear all the different things sort of under the hood uh that might might turn into something more positive right right so I, you know i think that another just another part of the story that we haven't really talked about is true cars um which is at some level a competitor with cars.com and they've had their issues and just recently cleaned house with their management team. So there's, there's some things going on there. I think that can work in cars.com's favor. And I say cars.com probably, you know, even in auto traders and car gurus favor also, but because those three, those three are the big three cars, car gurus and auto trader. And true cars turmoil will open up opportunities for those bigger players yes yeah i think so i mean cars you know true car still has a pretty significant dealer base i think nine ten i don't know what the number is right now eleven thousand dealerships but but they're gonna have a uh it's, it's gonna be harder for them over the, just because some of the challenges that they've had with some of their affiliate relationships such as you know usaa uh I think, uh, just from an investor perspective, it's going to be it's going to be a tough slog for uh, for a true car, and so as a result, I think some of that, that that's going to create some opportunities to to expect to to gain share, so to speak. I, you know, and I, and I don't like talking about market share for like a car for the listing companies because as a dealer, I could be mm -hmm. using all three or four or five. Yeah, I, I'm not limited to one. So it's hard to really, I think, quantify that market share number, a market share number. But just in terms of doing away with the, you know, putting 
hurting a competitor like True Car, which makes money out of the market. You know, I think there's uh, there's an opportunity to for them to take business away from True Car. Okay, well, Cliff, I think we can wrap there. I think that was a lot of good stuff there about the industry and about cars and what they're going through and what they're trying to do. And so uh, really appreciate you first commenting on the, the original podcast, but then taking the time today to come speak with us about it and just share what, you, what you're seeing, what you're hearing. And uh, I think it gives for people following this, it gives a lot of things to think about and unpack as they're looking at the stock. Yeah. Thank right. you. Cliff. Right. Well, it's, it's been a fascinating relationship and great conversation. Very, uh, very good questions. Well, thanks very much. Yeah. Thanks. Great to have you on. Yeah, we Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend. All right. You too, Cliff. Take care. Thanks. Yep. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Idea. We hope you enjoyed our guest and the conversation. Interested in hearing from anybody else on the topics we've recently covered? Let us know at btipod at seekingalpha.com. We're always looking for suggestions and ideas. We're eyeing a classic American retail story in a tricky sector for next week's podcast, so watch out for that. This has been a Seeking Alpha production. Thank you as always for listening, and see you next week on Behind the Idea.